We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. Sorry about that, boys. Sorry about that. I got into some of this... uh, Snacking. Daisy sour cream. You know the old school dollopal, do you? Daisy. Well, Daisy, they done uh they done decided to make their own dips, man. Mm. The Daisy sour cream French onion dip. I didn't know I didn't know they dabbled in the French onion dip. Well, it's new new deal. French onion dip mm. and uh and, and, a, and a ranch dip. I love um, some good dips, man. I got off into it and and I'm sorry, I, I carried it out of the break right there. Oh, that's, that's a good uh, reason right there. Ooh, it's been a minute since I had a good French onion dip. Ooh, French you know? onion dip with that, some ruffles. That's, yeah, well, that's that's a strong one. Gotta be ruffles with ridges, man. Has Absolutely. Off the charts. Ruffles um, have ridges. So sorry about that. But uh if I'm smacking on the air or something like that. Ron, if you smell that French onion dip, I, I know Red's got you. I know Red's got oh, you. As long as we don't hear Ron's so, loud so smacking ass. Who'd I say? No, I'm just saying your smacking oh. ain't nothing on Ron. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know if I called you show or something. <laughs> Almost said something real mean. <laughs> Boys, I uh, I saw something this morning. I hate on such a positive week, man. It, it, it's, a, it's a positive week. Texans are rocking and rolling. Texans are, are getting healthy, man. Got a shot to play for, hell, playoffs, the, the division, everything. Home playoff game, possibly. Got a lot on the line here. Got, got a lot to be thankful for, if you know what I mean. But I, I got to bring this thing back down to earth a little bit. Mm-mm. CBS put out a list of the head coach candidates that are going to be in the mix this hiring cycle in the NFL. Um, there, there's there's already a couple of openings, Vegas, Carolina, potentially going to be more. Hell, it could be New England. You, you could uh, you, you could look up and and Chicago may be open. Um, there, there's there's potentially going to be several openings that would be considered top tier jobs, at least top tier franchises. Um, and so that that head coach candidate that list is 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 going to be it's going to be pretty long. And exactly what I was afraid of. Is happening. D'Amico Ryan's the Texans. They go with a defensive-minded head coach, which I totally understand. I get it. I understand why they hired him. But the one thing when you hire a defensive-minded head coach, Ron, is if you have success, if you develop quarterbacks, if you put up numbers offensively, if you win ball games, if you overcome offensive line issues. If you overcome not having all your targets offensively and you still win ball games, you still put a good offensive product on the field, the top-tier offensive coordinators in the NFL are going to be viewed as future head coaches. Right now, offensive-minded coaches that come out of the Shanahan tree, if you will, Kubiak-Shanahan tree, they're hotter than anybody else in the game. Just look at what Mike McDaniel's doing in, in – um, in Miami. Yep. 
Bobby Slowick has checked every box, Ron, with the exception of you'd like to see him create more of a consistent run game. But generally speaking, with what cards he had been dealt, a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience, a lot of injuries, he has done a tremendous job offensively. In this CBS Sports, this list of potential head coach candidates in 2024, Bobby Slowick was number seven, Ron. Mm. And Bobby Slowick was number seven behind some guys that, hell, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan. Dang it, Bobby. He was one of them. You know, I, I don't I don't know that Brian Johnson, my, my fellow former Baytown League quarterback, I, I don't know that, it's, that he's as hot a head coach candidate today as he was a year ago. You know, I I I don't I think Bobby's going to move up this list quickly, just by kind of how the season plays out and by some some quick quick decisions that are going to be made at the college ball playoff. This is what I was scared of, Ron. Was you get a good thing going, and offensively, Bobby Slowick has done a tremendous job. He bounces for a head coach job for the right head coach job, and then you're left trying to find what you're going to do with the offensive coordinator position. And, and the fact that it could potentially happen in one year really puts an issue out there because you hadn't had time necessarily to be convinced that the guy that you have in the in the in the the plan is he you only got a year with him. You only got one season with him. Right? So anybody that's in-house, you really only have one season with them if Bobby Slowick does end up leaving. Ron, this is exactly what I was afraid of happening, and I'm concerned about it because I believe it's real. If I didn't think Bobby Slug was a, was a legit head coach candidate, yeah. like a good hire by somebody, wouldn't bring it up. I wouldn't bring it up. I, I I think he's, I think he's after seeing what Mike McDaniel's doing in Miami. I think I think it is it is, I mean it's legit, it's real, no, and I think it, there's God. a good possibility that we could lose him after a year. It's a it's a, and I've been saying this for. A minute. It's a copycat league, mm-hmm. and that system right now, whether it is the Shanahan McVay that conglomerate, that system, guys are coming out of it, and guys have been really successful. And now it's been shown that you don't have to have that many years of experience as an OC. Hell, you don't even have to have experience in calling plays, as you brought up with Mike McDaniel. But I mean, O'Connell in Minnesota has is another one that was an OC for one season and then got the job uh, in Minnesota. Hell, offensively, defensively, hell, D'Amico's coming from the same system. Like, we're seeing it all around the league. Uh, LaFleur was not uh, a guy who was an OC for a long time before he got the job in Green Bay, and we're seeing success from him as well. So, listen, once... Once it was a real conversation about C.J. Stroud being an MVP candidate and it became a real talk, real conversation, at some point someone's going to say, well, who the hell is the guy working with the quarterback? Yep. Who the hell is the O.C. working with the quarterback? And to me the hope is that you can hold on to Bobby Slowick for another year. Um, but I, 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 that would be the best hope. And then you could start to prepare, you know, uh, maybe Johnson, the quarterback yeah. coach, maybe things you could start to prepare for the next move. But, Clint, when you're as hot as I think he possibly will be, 
these guys have to have to strike because a year later you never know what could happen. Yeah, he, he he's got to strike when the iron's hot, and I don't think he's there's nothing they could do short of win a Super Bowl next year um, that that would make him hotter than he is right now. I think the I think really the the only uh, the, the only hope you have as a Texans fan to keep him. Uh, hell, I think to keep him beyond this hiring cycle, if we're being completely honest, I, I, is I believe Bobby Slowick is going to be pretty picky in where he goes. I think he looks at what D'Amico Ryans did. You can argue you look at what Mike McDaniel did in Miami. They they both took over fairly healthy organizations, right? And 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 we didn't know how healthy the Texans were until now. We see the success and we see kind of the the, the draft picks start to un, you know start to play themselves out a little bit. They're healthier than we thought. But the, the the only thought is is that man, you know, in a year like Ben Johnson, I think was last year the, the Detroit Lions coordinator. I think he was pretty picky. And yeah. and it worked out for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a real good chance that 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 may work out in the Texans' favor because I don't know how healthy or how sexy some of these some of these organizations are going to be. Um, but like I said, man. Bobby Slowick losing Bobby Slowick when that does happen it's going to be a problem and unfortunately I think it it, it could happen Te- sooner rather than later. Text line coming in Clint uh Clint with all that I trust D'Amico and his staff to replace Bobby when we need to. Okay. Okay. Water yeah. off a duck's back. Oh oh they'll replace him. The question is is when they do replace him is he is he getting the quarterback to play at a, as high a level? So the point, as CJ is. So that point is, we've seen examples of the greatest defensive coaches struggle with finding replacements for their offensive coordinators when when that has happened, and that has always been on the back burner. Uh, I just think you didn't think it would be after a year. Yeah. Mm. And hopefully it won't, but there is a a high possibility well, that it could. The reality of it is, is is CBS Sports has got him on their short list. I mean, I don't think that came out of nowhere. No. Blue 80. Easy. White 90. Ron, a little news broke yesterday, and, and uh, you weren't you weren't on air with us, so I, I didn't get to get your take on it, man. But I, I got to see where your head's at, man. Dalvin Cook got released by the Jets, believed to be uh, a potential pickup by the Cowboys. Uh, hell, it may have been Kansas City may have been on that short list. I can't remember who it was, but the Cowboys were one of them. Um, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I think this is something that the Texans should should at least take a peek at. What, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you could kick the. I think you check it out. Uh, but then you you start to say to yourself, is like, is he a fit right now going into the playoffs? Because I don't think he would be picked up and being played Saturday. Uh, but right, is he a right, fit? Right. If you're able to make your pass to go to the playoffs, is is he going to give you that much more to completely sit uh, Damian Pierce down? Is he? I mean, does he is is he giving you that much yeah. more in a week? Well, and to me, I that that one's hard to get to. I think for the Texans, the the play is is more about the long term. Um, if if you do pick him up. Can can you get a two or three year deal done, or at least an agreement to get a two or three year deal, deal done? And he is he's one of your answers because they're clearly going to have to upgrade their running back room in a big way this next year with the with the cap space and there's a need there to upgrade that room. And is Dalvin Cook a guy that you want to that you would potentially want to fill that role? I, I would say yes, 
Now, look, I'm not in the conversations about the, the contracts and how much money he wants and is it a good fit for him, but I would think that the player would look at what's going on in Texas and go, one, the organization's moving in the right direction. Two, they need some desperate help in the running back room. Three, they need they need a number one back. They need a legit number. I could go in there and be a legit is number one Is he that still? That's what I mean. Like, you know, the Vikings said we're going to move on past him. Yeah. And I and I, I was thinking, whoa, man, look at the, the weapons you have. And, hell, they've had injuries throughout, and they're still probably tracking to potentially make the playoffs. And he's going to the Jets, and Brees Hall is clearly – Yes, the, the, the better guy there, and he has not made that huge of an impact. I'm just wondering: is Dalvin Cook and the Vikings completely right about it? Is he becoming name, or is he still have number one in him because he hadn't showed he didn't really show that this year? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's now the Jets situation on. has not been what, what a mess that is. Right, great in their offensive line. I, that, that's something they'll have to decide on. I, I would be willing to take more into account the last few seasons in Minnesota than I would necessarily what happened with the Jets. As I'm as I'm evaluating him, but but I I do I think that's somebody they ought to they ought to kick the tires on that old boy for sure. One we got to circle back to Ron, another one from the last couple of days. The Texans with this ball game coming up this weekend. Uh, there's a handful of outcomes, right? You lose, you go home. You, you don't you, you don't play you don't play anybody. That'd be the outcome you don't want. That's man. the one you don't want. But <laughs> the other three is you win, Jacksonville loses, you win the division, you you end up playing, you get a home game and you play the Browns at home. Uh you win, Jacksonville wins. Uh, I can't remember exactly. But anyway, there, there's a way you you would go to Kansas City or to Buffalo as a 6 or 7 seed. Yeah. You right, could Miami in that too. You could potentially land at any three of those positions. A 4, 6 or 7 seed is where you could land. A 4 seed puts you at home versus the Browns. The 6 seed puts you on the road in Kansas City versus the Chiefs. The 7 seed puts you on the road in Buffalo versus the Bills. Um or Miami depending on who wins that division. Ron, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it. Where would you rather go? Where would you rather? play? I'd rather play at home against Joe Flacco and the Browns. Really? Yeah. I'd rather play at home than go to Buffalo and fool with Josh Allen and the, their history and, <sighs> and their experience, and go to Kansas City to fool with their history and their experience and Mahomes and their defense. Yeah. I'd rather play at home against. Joe Flacco and the Browns. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the Browns are they're an amazing story. I'm I'm not a believer in them as a as a Super Bowl contender. Um, I think you can. I think he had a great game. I'll be damned if they let Amari Cooper come in here again. Yeah, and and do and do uh, them like that. Especially just got to see him. I, I'm always taking the, the the game at home rather than going to Arrowhead and to Orchard Park. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I may be a tad bit crazy, Ron. But right now, with the no. way the the way these teams are all playing, I don't want nothing to do with Buffalo, and I don't want nothing to do with, with Cleveland. I'd rather go to Arrowhead and play Kansas City. Let me hear you say, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, the Chiefs have of those three teams that are, are not are probably playing the worst of those three teams. Um, but I'd always rather take the home game. Yeah, like if you were if, if you were even if you were to say, I mean, I'm sure I'm all sure. on the road. I, hell, I, I could get with you. Uh, but I'm always going to take the home, the home, the home game. I'm going to pass on this one, man. I'm going to take another trip to Kansas City with you. Maybe we can go to the uh, what was the name of that place? The, the Mercury Room. Oh, the Mercury Room. The Mercury Room. Oh, My kind of joint, man. Yeah, they should. Damn. 
They did what? I said they should send us there. Yeah, they, they, they might, why wouldn't they? That makes sense to me. Can I tell you guys one thing that pisses me off? Okay, just one? Well, I got a handful, but here's one. When you come across somebody and you give them, especially on hell, the 3rd of January, you give them a, how you doing, man? And they don't even look at you and they just go, all right, and keep moving. You need more, huh? Hell yeah, I need more. I mean, if you're raised right, the right thing to do is reciprocate. I'm doing good. How you doing? I mean, I, look, I'm not saying you guys sit there and have a conversation. I get on a damn elevator with this gal. I'd, I'd say late 30s, early 40s. And so this wasn't just in passing. This ain't just like we're passing. Oh, okay. That's different. I get on the elevator. How you doing, ma'am? She said, all right. Door ain't even closed. Door closes. We go up. She went to 20. I went to 19. Oh, she was on 20. I bet she was pretty. Whatever she was, she went down a couple notches. Because she didn't say, good. How you doing? She said, all right. Didn't even look at me. No manners. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you that's that's bull that's bull job. Yeah, when you're on the elevator together, that's different because I have it. We, we talked about it. you weren't here. I have an issue because I did it to somebody out here. <laughs> it's so funny you brought this I, up. I had, Ron did what you're pissed at. <laughs> well, but we were passing. Like to me, he, he, and I felt I thought about. It. He said, "Hey, how's hey how you doing?" And I just said, "Good." And like we're passing, I just kept going because to me, I'm like. If I'm gonna say, "Hey, how you doing?" Like uh, we gotta stop. No, nah, you could have said, "Good, you good." But Ooh, we're still passing. But we're passing. Like I mean, I just said, "Good." It's a and, quick you know, reciprocate. Good, just good. very quick. Like I don't, I don't want to talk and walk behind and look behind. But the elevator, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk with you. Well, I think you're wrong, even in passing the way yeah, you, I mean, you, you, you could at least say, "Good, you." And then you, don't, you don't have to turn around and acknowledge and stop a conversation. But so, but but the, the right no, I think it's rude. Now you're in no. good you and you just keep on walking. You don't no. really give a damn. I'm going to tell you, I was pissed off. In the moment. I got no use for you. In the moment. I, I, yeah, I, 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 re- I really wanted to say something, but I didn't. You should have. You should have. When you were getting off, you should have been like, well, I hope you are doing all right. See you later. Well, I should have turned around and just said, hey, just in case you were wondering, I'm doing fine as well. Uh, it's January 3rd. Life is good. I just had, just had a baby. A the, the weather's cool outside. I got a great job. I got a new endorsement deal with these new dips that yeah. are delicious. Yes, Daisy Dips. I'll send you some. You want some? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I just uh, it uh, it kind of stuck in my craw, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get that. I, I get annoyed when like you, you're holding the door open for someone and they don't they don't say anything. They just walk on through. I don't have a oh, real. That's I don't, just that's just. I don't. I, I don't really have as much a problem with that. But if it's a two dorer. Mm-hmm. And I pull the first door. That's a what? That's work. A two door earth. <laughs> two door. And I pull. And I pull the first one, and they don't go and pull it and open it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we we're, we're trading. Yep. If they just pull it and push, might have to and fight. Me, I'll stand there and let it close. <laughs> <laughs> and hurt nobody but yourself. And hurt nobody. Just just to make a point. Like if there's two doors. I open the first one. You open the second one for me to walk through. We've that's door that sounds bing, bing. Rule. I agree. That's I agree etiquette. wholeheartedly. You're right, bastards. All right. I just want you to speak, man. I, I first do. off, hey. you limey bastard. Yeah, they are. There's a few of them. All right. Um, th- th- there's just one question because I've been thinking about this. What and does I want limey you to, mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a fun one. I like to use ahead of it. Limey bastards. All right. Just think this one through, and really think about it. Chewing it through the break. Are you confident that Saturday's game that your Texans are walking in as the better team? You don't know what happens, but do you feel confident that they are walking through 
in Indy as the better team. We'll discuss coming up. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hubley. All right, welcome back in as uh, the Texans are preparing for the biggest game in years here. Win and you're in. They travel to Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Field, and will play the Indianapolis Colts primetime Saturday night. I think that's going to be Joe Buck and um, and, uh, and Troy Aikman on the call. Mm-hmm. Lisa Salters as well on the sideline. So that, uh, that'll be big time, the Monday Night Football crew. We'll have uh, C.J. Stroud uh, going into Indy. And um, coming up uh, here in uh, in about 15 minutes or so, you'll hear our uh, Texans report. Uh, as um, Bobby Sloak met with the media today, big day in terms of guys uh, that could or could not play. Brandon Scott will join us, as he normally does, for Texans uh, our Texans report from him uh, coming off the biggest game or coming, going into the biggest game of the season. And with that, listen, I, I, I think last week's game, I'll, I'll just take the, the last two games. They played at home. They were playing the Cleveland Browns. They had come off that emotional, unbelievable win against the Titans on the road with Case Keenum and that defense playing the way they did, and they were able to win that game in overtime. Put them up! On the 54-yard field goal when our guy Andre lost it uh, in a good way. Put those uniforms back in the trunk! And they were playing the Cleveland Browns, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, all right. This this is going to be a tough one. Something could happen. I'll give them a chance. They can win this game, but this will be a tough one. And a big reason why I felt like this would be a tough one is because with the team they were walking into NRG against the Browns, Clint, I didn't think that they had the better football team. <laughs> I didn't think they had with no C.J. Stroud, with with other injuries they had, no Will Anderson that game, um, and then the Browns with Flacco and them coming in with with Amari Cooper and and Miles Garrett, Nat Crew, number one defense. I didn't think they had the number the best team on the field. That's why it was a bit of a struggle to feel like that was one they could go get. The next week, though, could get could get nervous, young team, inconsistent team at home, but I felt good about it because they clearly, to me, had the better team with the Titans, whether Levis was playing or, or, or Ryan Tannehill was playing, especially with C.J. coming back, didn't know what he was going to look at, but they had the better football team. Do you feel like the Texans have the better football team are you are you sure that the Texans have the better football team with the potential of their injuries? It looks like most back, but CJ back, are you confident they got the better football team walking into the game against the Indianapolis Colts? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. The better football team? No. They they're better at some places. Um 
But overall, this is uh, overall no. I, this isn't a game where you walk in and I'm like, yeah, I feel good about the Texans just simply being the better football team that's taking the field. I, I I don't that they I still don't believe in the run game. Um, they're they're injured. They got some big time injuries that could that could force some guys some some critical players uh, into into missing the game. Um, Jonathan Taylor has had a tremendous amount of of of, of uh, Success against the Texans in his last five games, or hell, in all five games that he's played against the Texans. Um, no, I, I, I can't. I can't get there to where I'm. I'm confident that we got the better team. No. Yeah. Um. I. When you say things out loud, like, I think they've got this year the better quarterback. I think they got the better, probably, you know, receiver. I even say I know. I understand who they have in terms of. Jonathan Taylor, but overall skills, I, you know, I like their tight end. I like, you know, Dalton Schultz and Nico, and even without Tank, this crew they can run out with CJ. This defense and defensive line has played really, really well, and I think they have a clear advantage with their front seven versus the, the Texans' offensive line, but I think the Texans have an advantage with their front seven against their offensive line uh, as well, but I just – we talked about it is their inconsistencies, and I mean the Texans, yeah. in certain spots lessens the confidence because you don't like – Am I, I'm 100% confident what I, if, if Jonathan Grenard plays and Will Anderson plays, I'm 100% confident that they will be able to make things uncomfortable for Gardner Minshew. John Greenard. If their front four plays, I feel pretty comfortable – that they'll be able to not let Jonathan Taylor just go off in the run game because they have done that pretty well. C.J. Stroud, I'm very confident in that he'll play well. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm getting up front every game with the Texans, whether that's in the passing game from their old line or in the uh, in the run game. I'm not certain what the secondary is going to do. Some games they give up plays. Some games they're locked down. There are just certain spots where they're so inconsistent, it lessens the belief in what you know what they're going to bring to the table. That, 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 and that to me, is where it shakes out of I'm not 100% confident, like I see some people coming in on the text line, that they believe that Texas, because of C.J. Stroud, have the better team. I think they're better there. I think that's clear. Now, I'm not. I don't think Gardner's a scrub either. But I think they're better there. But just other spots, we've walked into games and seen that CJ's been by far the yeah. better quarterback, I, and it has not resulted in a win. I, I, here's where I can get with CJ and the Texans right now. I feel like you got a chance to win every game that you suit up for when CJ Stroud's a quarterback. Agreed. You know, I, I I don't I don't feel like I feel like you got a chance. I feel like he's going to give you a chance. To, to to not just be in the game, I mean win the game, and really I feel I feel that way against anybody in the NFL um, right now. I feel like C.J. Stroud gives you a chance to be in that thing in the fourth quarter with anybody and make more plays than the guy across the field from you. Now I I do not I have not allowed C.J. Stroud or C.J. Stroud has not put me in a spot. Where I feel like we take the field week in, week out, with and, and are better than than the majority of our opponents. Um, I feel good with with our squad against the Colts. I'm not confident that we're the better team. Yeah, you know these fringe playoff teams. 
um, and and the the legitimate playoff teams. Like I'm not confident that we're better than any of those teams. I feel like on any given Sunday we can damn sure beat them because we got C.J. Stroud. But I don't feel I, when you start when you start bumping up the entire, you know, the 22 start 22 starters and what they're capable of doing and how healthy the team is. Ugh. I, I don't I don't I I will say this to me if both teams you were to say all right both teams going to play their A game both teams going to go out and put out their best their play their best game possible I think the Texans have the better A game and I think a lot of that has to do with CJ Stroud yeah. as that as yeah. that type guy cuz his A game is clearly going to be better than than his, and they've got some other like Derek Stingley. If he plays his A game, Nico. If he plays his, I think that. But those are some of the areas of inconsistency. Yeah. Yep. That we haven't that we haven't seen. All right, coming up, uh, Brandon Scott will join us for uh, the most important Texans report of the year. He got to hear from CJ and D'Amico yesterday. Heard from Bobby Slowick uh, as well today, uh, and uh, and obviously what's happening on the practice field. So we'll discuss that next. With Brandon Scott. Ain't nobody in here acting like no bitches. Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Ah, big, big week. So that means uh, our guy, Brandon Scott, as he rides through in... uh, with his Texans report, as uh, it's a, a big week. You've been out there. You and Sean Bajani been out there all week. A lot going on with this team and uh, uh, the biggest game in years, in years uh, for the Texans as they take on the Colts to get into the playoffs. And I know you heard from D'Amico yesterday. We heard from CJ yesterday, and we're seeing the practice stuff. But before we get to them, what's the latest uh that you're hearing and what you saw today. And of these guys, because they had a lot of guys that did not practice at all today, Will Anderson, Andrew Beck, Noah Brown, Malik Collins, Josh Grenard, or Jonathan Grenard, Rankins, and, and Robert Woods. Are you concerned a lot more about others? Uh, or are those just rest day things? Are those something that Texans fans should really be concerned about potentially not playing? Yeah, so I think the big thing to – Keep in mind, and Clint, you you know all about this just kind of from being around is like the the fact that you're at a point in the season where guys, especially the you know the, the people that are on this injury report, you know starters, guys are better off resting than they are practicing. Like we're talking about guys that don't really need a lot of practice at this point late in the season. They benefit more from resting. So everybody that's on here, I, I'm not as concerned with them not practicing as I am their actual injuries. And so to your question, everybody else, everybody's situation is different, I should say. So when I look at it, I'm actually kind of optimistic about the report, honestly, when I think about who's not practicing versus what their injuries actually are. So Jonathan Grenard is the one I think is a big one to to think about. He didn't play in the last game. He's not practicing. But he is going to try to play. Like, he's going to try to go, but there ain't no sense in practicing him with the injury that he's got. Has that come out? Has he come out and said? So that's that's just the feeling that he's going to try to play, right? You know what I mean? Like, he's going to try to give it a go. If if he's not out out there, obviously, that means he can't go. But he's going to try to play. So the way I view Jonathan Grenard is kind of similar to what we saw from Will Anderson last week, kind of a pitch count. And you'll still see more of a heavy dose of Jerry Hughes and uh, Barnett and and the guys that you've seen more of. But – 
if you can get them in there in spurts, get them 12 to 15 reps, then that'll be ideal to get Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson in there. I think that's what they're going to try to do if he can go. Excuse me, the, the thing that, bother, that, that concerns me, not bothers me, concerns me about the list is that you've got all four of your starting defensive linemen were on that joke. Yeah. And and, and so to your point, like the, it, it, it's got to, things have got to go damn near perfect for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, in order for for you to be able to fill this thing out, I, I think it's it's less about one guy for me and more about just man. They they got a bunch of dudes that that are that need that need rest over practice this time of year. Well, I mean, look at it, Clint. Three of the four of them got ankle injuries. Yeah, three of your four defensive whether they play or not, three of the four of them got ankle injuries, and then the one who doesn't the the hip abdominal whatever yeah. it is with Malik Collins. He's the one that I probably am least optimistic about, or most pessimistic. However, you really? look at it, yeah, yeah he didn't play last week, hasn't practiced. Yeah, and his status is still unclear. Like I can't tell you right now if he's going to play or not, or or like what exactly what yeah. it is, how how serious can't it get is. A feel. So yeah, can't can't really get. He and he's the one that you probably have the least feel for. Like Will Anderson played, no need in pin practicing, right? He played last. You probably have the same sort of approach yeah. with him. Uh, Sheldon Rankin, similar played. Veteran like that, you talk to him in post game. That guy didn't really need to practice this last right, right, week. Right. You know, he's and Matt Burke, play. defensive coordinator Matt Burke. He's all but said, "Hey, look, man, this is a this is a D line friendly system. We just need yeah. to put your hand in the dirt and go." Yeah, so they need to be ready. They need to be rested. Malik Collins would be the one who probably surprised me the least if he played. Yeah, Brandon Scott with us, and that that's going to be the thing this week. And well, surpri- been- I'm sorry, surprise would surprise me the most if he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my Malik bad. Collins. Yeah, and that's the thing that that we've been looking at all year is. Who's going to play? Who's going to be in and out? And it's huge this week. What's the feel you were getting from with D'Amico uh, yesterday as he as he speaks? Everything was moved up this week. What was the feel you were getting from D'Amico yeah, no, going I, in into this one? I feel like the whole theme of the week from we go from D'Amico to CJ all the way to Bobby Sloick was just the, I think, the maturation and the growth of CJ Stroud from the last time they played this team and they've made a point of and I guess the only team that they've played you know would be the division teams whenever they've played a division team the second time to to make a point of hey this is a totally different game but it they could, have talked about that repeatedly repeatedly yeah. but it couldn't be more so the truth or even more so the truth than, than it is in this situation from going from week two to the final week of the season where CJ Stroud goes in coming off of that Baltimore game and then before said go, they're down 14 to nothing. I mean, like, we're talking about. At the hands of Anthony Richardson, too, not the guy you're going to be playing. Right, exactly. So And so we're talking about trial by fire in a totally different scenario and, and just the growth and maturation and, and confidence. Like, we're talking about C.J. Stroud here who didn't lack for confidence when he came here, right? Yeah. So, and now he looks so much more confident than he did then. Yeah. So just to think about that, I think it's kind of the really the thing that stands out from all of them. Well, you, you mentioned C.J. Stroud. I mean, I, you know, I think a, a big question going into this game, uh, again, I'm more worried about the number and the group of guys than I am necessarily one of them individually, but Noah Brown and Robert Woods both being guys that, that aren't getting a lot of work right now, have yep. missed time in the past, either either missed the game or left last week's game um, early because of injury. Um, I, look, I, I think they can win without their entire – cast of characters in the wide receiver position but at some point I mean there's there's a value to Noah Brown and Robert Woods and they've proved that throughout the season whether it's Robert Woods in the, in the third down the chemistry that he has with the quarterback the 
the savviness over the ball versus zone coverages, or it's Noah Brown with the ability to be a depth receiver. And then, hey, if they're paying everybody else attention, he can go get you a buck fifty and a touchdown. You know, those are valuable pieces. And the fact that neither one of them are are practicing is is somewhat of a concern. Yeah. So there's another numbers game right there. Yep. Noah Brown is the one that we probably feel. Yeah. Least, least confident about playing. I think Aaron Wilson actually had that report. He did have that. Not. I think he did have that report out there from KPRC that Noah Brown is is unlikely to play with his injury, with his back injury. And to your point, man, and, and Robert Woods just real quick. I think Robert Woods is going to play. Like okay. I think that's more more so veteran type of stuff. And he is banged up. You know, he's had injuries throughout the year. I I would be surprised if he didn't play. I, and I would be surprised if Noah Brown did play. So, so there's there's one and one. But to your point about the receivers and the depth of it, I feel like in a post-Tank Dell world, you need all of these guys. And when I say all of these guys, I'm talking about the receivers in Nico Collins as your one and then Noah Brown and, and Robert Wood. Woods as your alternate. Either guy can line up outside or, or, or in the slot or be that other receiver. You know, I feel like yep. you need yep. – all three of that complimentary of guys. And then on top of that, Dalton Schultz, I think, adds another element of it as well. But, I mean, you you need every single yep. one of these guys at, the, at that point because the depth of it, without them, then you're leaning into some into some territory, some guys who are unproven and still trying to find their way. And the, the John Metchies and the Xavier Hutchinsons of the world, who I think have some potential, but just right now are not, I, I feel like, reliable playmakers for them. These other guys are. So I feel like you need every single one of them, man. Brandon Scott in with us, and 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 I like the point you're making out of, like this is a talking point from D'Amico to CJ to Slowick to Burt to everybody of, hey, this is, week two is a completely different thing, and and you talked about with CJ, he's a completely different player. Bobby Slowick is a completely different coordinator and play caller as well. And I know that was something that he made mention to. And those two, those two together are going to play a major part in this game and this offense getting to where they need to get to. Bobby's been really good, just, you know, aside from his performance, which I think has been, you know, I don't want to call it up and down because I think it's been mostly up, but it's had its its road bumps, if you would, for a first-time play caller, as it should, as it absolutely should. But in the press conferences, man, he's been absolutely outstanding. Like he's been really good, really up up front and honest and and insightful and forthcoming, and so we've really enjoyed that. Just to, uh, just kind of being around the guy. I know y'all were having a conversation about how long is he going to be here. If he's gone, that is one part of it. I'm gonna miss it. Just kind of being around, you know, the 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 football guy who's willing to he's the transparent football coach man, who's yeah. transparent and willing to really talk yeah. it, talk it through. So I've been, I've enjoyed that. Part I refer of to it. his football horny. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Right. He, he gives me plenty. He yeah. turns me on. Yeah. Boner alert! Yeah, well, he's always got that on the ready, don't he? He's ready. He's got that. <laughs> but he's come a long way from yeah. the Ravens and the Colts games yeah. in Week One and, and Week Two. And he and he did talk about that today. Another thing that he mentioned that I found interesting today was how he described the Colts' front seven and, and the challenge that they faced. The way he worded it was something to the effect of, you know, there's not a lot of space in the run game. It's you know not a lot of space to run it. And not a lot of time to throw it, you know, which is, you know, sounds pretty simple, but obviously that's <laughs> that's conflict because you want to do one or the other, preferably both, you know. So that that's the the way they view the challenge. Now I would challenge him and say, hey, I do think you can run the ball on this team. I think the numbers show that, and the tape shows that. But but also <laughs> there's some badasses up front too. Yep. So it'll be really interesting to see how 
what Bobby's plan is for what he has to know are some some mismatches for him up front. Yeah, there's there's when you look at Bobby Slow going back to the the you know the the conversation we had earlier, B Scott of of how long he'll be here, man. Some of the stuff you mentioned uh, about his the transparency and and um, not only is it nice to cover, uh, I, I think I think it's very impressive to others. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. I think I think that that vibe, that feel, that that style of coaching, um, I, I think it's going to end up being very appealing to others, and and it's obviously very effective when he's dealing with players. Yeah, yeah, and he presents well. Yeah. I think that's the best way to yeah. put it. Like he really presents well, but also the way that he deals with players, um, I think he's a guy that that is, you know, collaborative enough, but also holds a standard. You know, mm-hmm. um, which you know, you kind of look at him and you don't necessarily expect it to to hit the way it does. But I mean, he he does have a presence yeah. for for not a, a very large dude. The dude does have a presence about him, and and you can tell that 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 sort of translates to the locker room and with the players. You you've been around every every week with these guys. It feels like they have a a real level of confidence going into this game. Just the sense of of everybody the way, and I'm I'm curious how it yeah how it comes off in front of like just listening to them they they sound like they have a real level of confidence going into this game this must win game they feel it seems like they feel really good about it. yeah well in the previous segment you made I thought you put it well that the Texans A game is probably better like I I think that the, that you could make fair cases about either team you know, to the point who's which one is the better team. I think you can make a, a really good case for the Colts just based off of the dudes that they got up front alone that they, you know, that they can wreck a game from that standpoint. And then Gardner Minshew, as far as backup quarterbacks go, I've said this before, man, he's about as good as you could probably get. Yeah. You know, if, if, if things go awry, if your season is derailed by your quarterback being out for the season, that's probably, you know, top, you know, three type of guy that you would want, right? So I think they got some things, some pretty good things going for them. But the Texans' A game, if C.J. Stroud comes out there and brings it, they're playing in in favorable elements. This is a road game, but in a stadium, in a dome, you know, like, yeah. hey man, like this is and then, and, that, and then the opportunity, you know, you know what I mean? Like your season comes down to this. So I mean, why wouldn't you be confident? Yeah. All right, B. Scotty joins us every single week for a Texans report. Hopefully, we're talking about a playoff game next week. Uh, when he's in with us on Thursday, appreciate you always. Uh, Four forty on a on a Wednesday afternoons coming up. Five o'clock fire. We'll give you the full rundown on what was seen at practice and who to be potentially concerned about. We heard a little bit from Brandon Scott. We'll discuss that more and the Rockets. They got a big one tonight. See if they can continue against the Nets. We'll discuss all of that coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.